A couple questions. Uh, I'm going to mention some organizations and tell me what they do. Okay? YMCA. What is YMCA all about? What is, huh? Thrift shop. YMCA thrift shop. Okay, that's cool. Pardon me? Swimming pools. <laughs> Pardon me? Safe place for kids. You know the interesting thing about YMCA? Uh, YMCA was started to minister to college students. It's the preeminent campus ministry. In fact, all the modern co- campus ministers, like Baptist Campus Minister, Campus Crusade, uh, Navigators, and all of those, the father of those organizations is YMCA. Uh, let me give you one more. Let me ask you one more. Salvation Army. When you think Salvation Army, what do you think? <laughs> Ringing the kettle on the bell, you know, or or you know, or uh, thrift shops, or pardon me, disaster relief. The, the the main focus of Salvation Army and the foundation of Salvation Army was what? Salvation. I mean, it was all about just preaching the gospel. I mean, hardcore preaching of the gospel. That's all it was about. And so you, you are, I mean, this one is interesting to me, like the Methodist church. I mean, John Wesley established it, Methodist. Well, methods, that's how it got its name. John Wesley established certain methods in the flow of ministry that things did not vary in relationship to it. But then all of a sudden you see nowadays where they're embracing uh, homosexuality, it's the big discussion or in that area or in many different other more issues that are contrary to the faith of John Wesley or YMCA where it's lost the value and vision and now it becomes a place just of uh, swimming pools and stuff like that even though those things are important but YMCA the whole hardcore thing of it was to preach the gospel to the campuses in the United States of America or Salvation Army in some places that it hasn't lost the vision but what you're seeing is, is where the faith of which something was established deviates. And if, uh, and if you have, uh, if you ever have a handout this morning, you would, if you don't, raise your hand and, and somebody. Uh, Tim, can you tell Mitch to get those? Or so. Anyway, and if you'll notice at the top of your notes, faith. And what we're at and where we're after and where I believe where God is taking us is a journey to discover the qualities of real faith. Because the YMCA that we see today is not the YMCA, the faith and the foundations of YMCA that was in the beginning. The, 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 the faith that we see in Salvation Army today is not the faith that you see that it was in the beginning. But what happens, you see start, things start to deviate. And one of the things that... that uh, really feel like that God is speaking in relationships is about our faith. Is it real? And and that's what if you would open your Bibles with me, there's a number of past scripture that I wanna that I want us to focus on real quick. But uh um notice in, I want you, if you would turn to Second Timothy chapter two verse one and also Titus chapter one verse four and and y'all you know, I promise y'all this I was I wasn't gonna do PowerPoint because and then I said, well I'll do PowerPoint. And when I started to go do it my computer crashed. And then I, so I, I, did, and I did a little bit. And then I said, well, I'm going to do PowerPoint again. So I tried to do it again. And the computer crashed again. And I said, God, I guess you're saying no PowerPoint. 
And so, uh, so anyway, but I want you to catch this because when you think of faith, what do you think? And, and there is a whole facet of thinking of faith is, is what we defined as, is like believing and trusting in God. But there is a whole other term that's used in the Word of God in relationship to faith. And it's referring to like a, uh, you know, it's the terms of our relationship. It's a term used to describe our relationship with God. The faith. In fact, when you use, you think of the term the law. Well, you know, you think about the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. That was a term to use to describe it. When we talk about the faith, it's a term to describe, like I said, a relationship with God and others in the New Testament or in the law of spiritual life in Christ Jesus. And watch this in what Paul, I mean, Peter says in 2 Timothy, Peter chapter 1, where it says, Paul, Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who received a faith of the same kind as ours. Who received a faith as the same kind as ours. Now, let's think about this. Um, do Muslims have faith? Yes. But do they have a faith as the same kind as ours? No. Would we say Jehovah Witnesses, do they have faith? Yes, but they do not have a faith as the same kind as ours. And so what we're dealing with here is the reality is where we're seeing the Word of God, the faith. What it is, it describes a specific relationship with God and other people. Let me show you this and how it reflects down. We'll go to Titus first, and then I'm going to go back and look at this Jude passage. In Titus 1, in 1, 4, Paul makes a statement to Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, there in a day and time, faith was, you know, Jews had faith. But it wasn't common in relationship to the going. You're dealing with Judaizers. Or it's a common thing back in that day is you're seeing this dividing out. And so, and watch this was in Jude. Um, Jude is really kind of interesting to me. Um, listen to this. Let's start in verse 3. Beloved, while I was making effort, ev- every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt the necess- necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered, to the saints. Now, y'all, here's the thing that I want us to entertain. Y'all, there has been a faith handed down from us, from, I'm going to use this name, the fathers of the faith, the apostles and the prophets. And I don't, I'm not talking about apostolic ministry like myself. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Peters, the Pauls, the Jameses, the Johns, and, and those who, well, be honest with you, Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, Jesus is the author and the finisher of faith. So literally, the faith that we want to have is Jesus' faith. But here's the question for us. Have we deviated? Have we deviated? And Paul and Peter write something, which we're going we're, we're to look at it here in a second, about to test, not test, but uh, the qualities of the faith that which is that which is handed down. Now, I want you to watch this. This is kind of interesting to me. It says, 
I felt necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. For certain persons have crept in unnoticed. For those who were long before marked out for, for condemnation, ungodly persons who turned, here's this one, interesting, turn the grace of our God into licentiousness, deny literally by their actions, in another place you'll see that, our only Master in the Lord Jesus Christ, who turned the grace of God into licentiousness. In other words, just a license to sin. That's, in fact, that's permeating our society today. The grace. Oh, well, it's grace. Well, people, they talk about grace. Well, God saves and, you know, I can do whatever I want. I don't want to be under law. Well, you, you know, that's what, if you don't want to be under law, that's called lawlessness. That's a, that's a, sim, a symptom of the Antichrist. So we don't want just this, this stuff because, I mean, in reality, y'all, I'm, I'm fighting a battle right now. My heart is grieved over some, over some what I'm going to call licentiousness. In one country that I've worked with, in, an, in, in close relationship, four ministers, four ministers of the gospel, all four of them in one specific country, in one particular region, all four of them have had affairs. Three of the four are no longer married to their wives. What has happened to those churches and ministries in relationship to those people? It's grieving my heart. Because what's happening is, because of the actions of some have shipwrecked the faith of many people. Because what's happening is, the things that they choose to believe of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's literally just a license for them to do what they want. And so... There's an importance for us to look and say, what is the faith that we believe? Is it in line with the Word of God? Is it in line with the faith of the fathers of the faith? And so, uh, you know, so if you would, uh, turn with me to Second Peter, Second, sorry, y'all, Second Corinthians, chapter thirteen. Now, I mean, these guys that I just tell you about, it breaks my heart. These are real friends of mine. To see their marriages destroyed, their lives destroyed. I'm going to be honest with you, because of licentiousness. Things they choose to believe. And so, uh, so anyway, notice this passage of Scripture in verse 5. It says, test yourself to see if you are in the faith. Or do you not recognize that about this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is indeed you, in, is in you, Unless indeed you fail the test, test yourself to see if you are in the faith. Okay, what faith? What am I believing? I, I, you know, I believe this, y'all, with all my heart. The faith that which the, the, op, the people operate in the YMCA is not the same faith of the leaders who once before. I mean, because I, I, it blows my mind, y'all. When I was doing, uh, when I was in seminary, my passion was to go to work on the college campus, so I took a class in campus ministry. And uh, the assignment, one of the assignments of the professor in this, guy who was a phenomenal founder of the Baptist campus ministries in, in the United States, uh, not founder, but father in it, he made us assigned to research YMCA and see all the awesome things of the founding fathers in that and how it operated. It was amazing. Amazing. In fact, I'll say this, Eagle's Nest had some roots out of YMCA. Some of the things I saw in that. Just passion for the 
of God. But this is not the same faith. Test yourself if you're in the faith. Test yourself. I mean, all of us. Me. Y'all, I'm just telling you, i just got four friends that are shipwrecked right now. Leaders in churches. So it better start with me. I can't, it better not think, well, well, it can't happen to somebody else. And so anyway, test myself. And here's where you'll notice on the sheet there. Here's the question. There's a couple questions for us to ask. Do I have the same faith as the early church? And are, are we, am I, headed in the same direction? Because, you know, Paul makes this statement. Timothy says, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching that you may ensure salvation for those who hear you, for yourself and for those who hear you. Pay close attention. And so that's what, you know, I don't want to be heavy at the beginning of this. Well, maybe, I don't know. But it's just a, really a thing to shake us up. I mean, shaking me up. My faith. The faith that we have. Is it from, is it the Word of God? Is it in line with the Peter? In fact, Paul and Peter. I keep wanting to say Peter, Paul, and Mary. <laughs> so go, go with me to second, second, uh, second Peter chapter 1. Now I can go there. I keep trying to say it. Excuse me. Any time I shoot before I fall, that's my face. It would not be pretty. And so uh, in second Peter chapter 1, we're going to, in fact, I just really I presented, so I'm going to present something here, that we take a journey. And uh, about the discovery of our faith, the foundations of our faith. Well, let me just put it away. Not necessarily foundations of our faith, the qualities of our faith. You want to test something that's real, find out what you test something and see if it's real. You check there's certain qualities that it has, that you look for. And what you'll see in First Second Peter, Peter does this. In fact, notice in verse 1, Simon, Pont, bon, Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours. This is the purpose of this whole book. It's about the faith. It's about faith. Now, in, this, in the first chapter, which we're going to pay attention close to, it's broken down into three sections to really evaluate faith. In fact, you'll see here in the beginning, in verse where literally where the first foundation that will, I mean, the uh, the first section is the foundations of faith, and then the second section will be will be the qualities. And this is the term that I really wrestled with: the qualities of a real faith. You'll see it in there. And then the third one is: what are the results of the qualities of a real faith? What will it manifest in our lives? Okay? And so I want us to look at those three things. Okay? And, it, 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 and what I just really want us to do, ask, is that let's take a journey together. I'm not me just teaching this thing. Y'all, is that many of the elders are going to teach on this and they don't know it yet. But they're finding it out right now. Burby and, and Simonis and maybe even Johnson. I don't know. If you know, I don't know. <laughs> Goatee, brother, that's good. I mean, is that or, or did you, you got donuts? No, that's that's good. Go, go 
I thought I'd been like Barbie that time when he had donuts. <laughs> I could tell y'all what giving on Barbie, but I won't do it right now. I love Tom Barbie too. <laughs> Not the whole church, just the elders. <laughs> so anyway, let's let's break this down. Let's look at these sections. The first section. Talking about the foundations of faith. Okay? And notice this. Okay, so he makes a statement, the same faith as ours. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our, of, of our, and our Savior, and Savior, Jesus Christ. No, oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading the wrong verse. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord. And notice verse 3. Seeing that His divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us Literally, to His glory and excellence. So the first foundation of faith is a knowledge of God. Now, y'all, you've got to understand this. When it uses the Greek word here for knowledge of God, it's the Greek word epignosis. It's not just any old word for knowledge. There's like gnosis, nosko, a bunch of different Greek words for knowledge. But this is a word that means full knowledge, intimate knowledge, to know Him. He is the foundation of our faith. In fact... The foundation of our faith is not a set of values. It's not a set of, of uh, doctrinal statements. The, the foundation of our faith is a person. It's a God. Our Father, our, our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. They, in the fullness of the Trinity, is, is the foundation of our faith. They are. And you know, you'll see in your notes there, the results of having a, a found, embracing the knowledge of who He is. Him. I mean Him. Them. I mean Him. I'm the, him, them, the, Him. You know, I'm wrestling with God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. You know, I mean, I like them. They're awesome. But to know Him is to trust Him. Psalm 9.10. Those who know your nature and character, trust Him. Daniel 11.32. Those who know their God will display strength and take action. Here you see in verse 3, grace and peace be multiplied to you. Grace and peace is released into my life by knowing God. How about, this? How about in verse 3 where it says God's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Where's it at? Through a knowledge, knowing Him. I mean, just like for the disciples, when they came to know the reality of Jesus face to face, not believe that He exists, but to know Him. It, it, massive things happen in their lives for us. The reality of knowing God is a foundation of our faith. So y'all, it can never get, the foundation of our faith can never get to be become a set of values or theological statements. It always has to be the person of who God is. I like in John chapter 5, verse, verse 19. I'm sorry, not 19. John chapter 5, verse something 44 i believe i'm sorry but in other words jesus said this you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life you know i'm i'm a man who loves the awesomeness of god's word but he goes on to say he says he says you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life it is them that bear witness of me and you're unwilling to come to me so the foundation of our faith y'all is him it's Him. To know Him. To know His nature and character is to trust Him. Knowledge. 
cool. Hey, bro. <laughs> Welcome home for a few days. Oh, that's a bummer. We got to talk because I want to come to Richmond and see you, man. But, um, sorry, that's that commercial. So, um, where am I at? What are we talking about? Jesus? And knowing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pardon me? Yeah, it's not a set of values. It's a, it's a person. And when we come to that place that everything's always relational with God, then it, it keeps it in line. It keeps it true. But also a second foundation of our faith. In fact, y'all, like you've heard me say before, all of the Word of God is broken down into two categories. One, the knowledge of God. And the second are the promises of God. That's where you see in verse 4. For by these... He's granted us His precious and magnificent promises. That by them you and I may participate in His divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. His promises, y'all, enable you and I to participate in the very nature of who God is. Think of it, think of it, you've heard me say this before, but think of a promise. In fact, the Greek word literally means to summons upon. A, a, A promise is literally a check. That's why you'll see in a check, if you pull out a check, it says pay to the order to. It summons in upon somebody's bank account. Your bank account. (laughs) Or whoever, if you receive a check from somebody. Well, literally, when God has written promises to us, they are for us to speak the amen to, like in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For as many as God's promises, in Him they are yes. The amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. In other words, y'all, we speak the amen. Let it be. The promises of God enables you and I to participate in the very nature of God, whether in our individual lives or in the circumstances and situations we have to deal with. So if I'm going to exercise my faith, y'all, you know, like we said before, it's broken down into two areas. Faith is a noun. The verbal expressions of faith are trust. Trust. You trust when you do not have a word. You trust in God's nature and character. Those who know your name, those who know Him, trust Him. So you trust. You trust in relationship to the knowledge of God. When you get up in the morning, you do not have a word from the Lord. You don't know what to do. You attach your heart to the nature and character of who God is. That is a foundation of your faith. You don't start to think about the circumstances and situations that you have, the investments, the nature and character of the investments you may have or or a relationship that you're in. Every one of those, I don't care what, they can never bear up. Even the nature and character of a a spouse. And there's mercy and grace in that. God covers it. But guess what? I cannot perform to Paul at 100%. At times, I guess what? I let her down. But the nature and character of God is sure and steadfast. It's, it's sure. The second thing is to exercise your faith is, is to believe. To make firm. You believe when you have a word from the Lord. That's the Hebrew word aman. And so the foundation of our faith boils down to two things. One, the knowledge of God and the promises of God. All of the word of God is broken down into those two categories. If you try to make it anything other than that, it's not no good. No good. And y'all, I want to say this also. The goal of this word is love. Because why? 
faith works through love. So as you're reading the Word of God, really look at it and, and going, man, the goal of, if I'm reading this, I better see love in this. You go, Rick, well, it's kind of hard to find love when all of a sudden God's walking out Sodom and Gomorrah. In that, you will find love. And you understand the fullness and see the fullness of, of who God is and how God operates in something like you see the, the courtroom of heaven. So in in, 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 in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, we see the foundation of this common faith which Peter's referring to, and it's the knowledge and the promises of who God is. Now it's interesting. Like anything with God, there's always a response. And, but, but these are not responses. And if you would, notice this with me. I, you know, I wish I had, I, I'm literally, I, I wish I had a nickel for every time I have looked at these passages of Scriptures in the Greek and just said, God, speak to me, speak to me. And, and there's this phenomenal revelation, which I just believe that I'm just really seeing just only the top of it. But if you'll notice in this, this faith, these, it, it's this literally in verses 5 through 7, you're going to see, and I'm using the term qualities of faith. Now, y'all, we've been wrestling with this thing about faith. Because what we have a tendency to do, what Mitch was talking about and made some awesome, gave him some awesome revelation about, you know, seeing, believing and not seeing, and the whole thing in relationship to healing, signs and wonders. To, you know, we could talk about faith in relationship to the prophetic and the flowing of the gifts. But, y'all, I really believe God's wanting us to get a little bit more grassroots. Because when Peter starts talking about qualities of faith, he doesn't mention anything about signs and wonders. He doesn't mention anything about gifts of the Spirit. He lists off seven things that's kind of interesting in verse 4. It says, for by these, oh, I'm sorry, verse 5, now for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith. Applying, literally it reads like this, y'all. Now, now, if you watch this with me, and, and like, here's faith. Like here, my left hand. Right hand, he'll list off seven things here that are the qualities of the faith from the beginning. And what he invites us to do is to come in agreement with these qualities of the faith which we have received and start to employ them in our lives. Watch this. It says, but the interesting thing he does, he says, now, he uses the term diligence. And the way this thing words out literally in the Greek, it says we're to diligently apply these seven things to this. In fact, diligence is not a quality of faith. Diligence is employment of faith. And I'm not going to talk about it today. I'm not going to break these down today because the Lord has just really told me to just introduce this subject. But, but so you think about this. Here we've got faith here. Here's these seven qualities. And on the other side of faith is diligence because we're to diligently deal with faith. Operate in faith. And let me tell you, I, I will tell you this. No, I won't tell you this. Maybe I will. Take no, I don't. I'm not going to take it. Yeah, I will. 
Sorry. I'm debating this thing. Diligence. I asked the Lord one time what diligence was. And I had a vision. I had a vision of, of Big Cherry Lake and Big Stone Gap. Big Cherry Lake is shaped like a, it sits on top of, of a mountain over, over Big Stone Gap. And it's where Big Stone Gap gets its water. And so, but it's shaped in like an L. And at the top of the L is a dam that which starts the flow of water down the mountain. It literally, on top of the mountain, goes down the mountain all the way down to the water reservoir at the very bottom of the mountain. And people go up there and they fish in this lake. No, uh, um, you know, so you go up there and fish. Good fishing in there. Beautiful, beautiful place. And, uh, but anyway, so it's interesting how the lake is shaped. In this L, the dam's down here, and the boat ramp where people can put their boats in is down here at the base of the L. And so there's one time I'm dealing with, dealing with it, asking the Lord for diligence, and he gave me a vision of me putting in a boat at the boat ramp. And by the way, let me put this commercial. We always used to like to go hang out by the dam, and we'd go down there and hang out, and it's kind of a cool sight there. In fact, they built a new one. And, uh, but we used to go down there a lot. But he gave me this vision of putting in a boat with no motor and a rowboat. And my heart was to go to the dam like normal. But there was a strong wind blowing across the lake in this vision. But if I got in the boat and just got in the boat and just coasted, where would I end up? Down here. Because the wind's blowing this way and the, the wind and the currents would carry me here. And the Lord spoke to me and says, Rick, diligence is getting in the boat of life and rowing it in the direction you're going. And so when we talk about diligence in relationship, you'll find diligence really is always in relationship to faith and grace and promises in the New Testament. It's not, it's not a character in and of itself. Diligence to believe. It's diligent. You have to dil- exercise diligence to believe. You have to exercise diligence to trust. When circumstances and situations in your lives do not line up with what you see in the truth of God's Word about who you are or your circumstances, let me tell you something, it takes all who you are to believe or to trust. It's diligence. And so so what you're seeing here, you're, you're seeing in the, the Greek word that you'll notice there, paris, paris oh, sorry about that, y'all. I always have a hard time saying these words, peri. Sephereo, is literally to bring alongside. In other words, being diligent. That's in relationship to the diligence. Applying in all. Because we're going to talk about these seven characteristics. And literally, apply diligence to every one of faith in relationship to these seven things. You know, you'll see, uh, um, the first one is excellence. It says moral excellence, but the Greek word arte. It literally means excellence. You've got to be diligent in relationship to excellence. You've got to be diligent in relationship to, to knowledge of excellence. Self-control in relationship to what you choose to believe is excellent. Like, uh, let me pick on Burby again. You know, Burby has chosen to believe that eating right is an excellent thing. Truth. And exercise is a, is a, is a good thing. He's chosen to believe that. Well, I've chosen to believe that too. There's a little difference between Burby and I. You know, 
difference between Barbie and I, and that's, this is a point of conviction here, okay? So I'm revealing this, okay? The difference, two difference. It says, applying in all diligence. In your, what's excellent, you need a knowledge of what's excellent. And then in your, and in your, in your knowledge, you need self-control. Well, Barbie's self-control. Self, the Greek word for self-control, it means strong in a matter. And in your self-control, you need endurance. Okay, Burby's exercise, self-control in exercising and eating right. It's self-control. I've done it too. For about two days, until I pass Carolee Donuts or something like that. I'm just cracking on myself, but, but there is some truth there. But it takes endurance. So how many years you've been exercising eating right, Burby? 26 years. That's called endurance. That's diligently applying endurance and spirit. Those are qualities of faith. Now, I don't want to correlate just to exercise stuff like that. The bodily exercise profits little. I mean, it's good. There is some profit, but little. But what we're talking about is faith. What we're choosing to believe. You know, how about in, you know, so there's some things in, in this, which you'll see, these seven things, excellence, knowledge, what's excellence. In your, in your excellence, put knowledge. In your knowledge, put self-control. In your self-control, put endurance. In your endurance, have uh, literally the Greek word there is eusebia, literally meaning uh, reverence. What does it say, godliness there? Yeah, but it's a, it's a word that literally, it's the, it's the New Testament word for fear. Because you know what? There's no fear in, in relationship to the fullness of the law, spirit of life in Christ Jesus because perfect love casts out fear. Fear involves what? Punishment. Well, in the fullness of the law, spirit of life in Christ Jesus, there is no fear of punishment. So the word is not fear here. The word is reverence. So in your reverence, you put brotherly love. And in your brotherly love, you put agape love. Diligently applying, and literally you'll see us when we start to teach this, taking a series of cups, like, like one cup is faith, and in your faith put, put uh, excellence. In your, so you put one cup in another, and in your excellence you put knowledge, and in your knowledge you put perseverance, I mean uh, uh, self-control, and in your, not, in your that se- uh, perseverance, and in that, in that uh, ex- uh, I'm sorry, uh, um, godliness or reverence and in that brotherly love, and in that love. And so it all makes one little piece. And those are the qualities of a faith that is in relationship to the early church. And literally the call is for us. You'll notice in that note, notes there, epicoregi... Boy, that's a hard word to say. you got a thick tongue. But literally that word is from the root word choreograph. It's literally God's playing a music and He's asking us to dance with Him. And He's asking us to bring... We, we have these things in us, in the Spirit, but He's asking us to apply these into our faith. To bring them into our faith. And you know how important this is? I want you to notice... In Second Peter chapter one, verse twelve, look at this. This is Peter talking. You're, you're catching a glimpse of Peter's heart. 
Therefore, I shall always be ready to remind you of these things. You know what the Greek word, these things, refers back to these seven things and relate qualities of their faith. He said, look at this. He says, I'm always going to remind you about these things. Verse 13, I consider it right as long as I'm in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by reminder. What of these things? Verse 15, I will also be diligent that any time after my departure that you may be able to call to mind these things. How important is this? To Peter, three times he tells them, I expect that if I catch you on the street, that you can tell me these things that are qualities in your faith. Because why? Okay, not only is it, was it important to Peter, what's the results? Why would I want to pay attention to these qualities of my faith? I want you to notice this in verse 8. He starts 8 through 11, tells us the results of, of, of taking our faith. Remember one Sunday I preached on your faith. And taking these seven qualities and being diligent to apply them into our lives. Look at verse 8. It says, in verse 8, it says, Therefore, if these are yours, these qualities are yours and are increasing. An interesting thing. Literally, uh, the word if is not there in the Greek. It's not a... It's not a conditional sentence per se, in other words, where there's it's conditional. But it's going, it's literally, these qualities are yours, increasing. These are yours. But let them be increasing. And these, the Greek verbs here mean continuous action. They're yours. You've got them. You hold on to them. And they're not only just static, increasing. Increasing. If these are yours, they will render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the knowledge of God. Here's the reality, y'all, that I'm finding out in my life. I know more than getting released into my life. Everything that I know, every revelation I have of who God is, is created in a way that bears fruit. In other words, we see in 1 Peter chapter 1 that the Word of God is like a seed. And literally, every seed of God's Word, y'all, is purposed in a way that it bears fruit. I cannot take it into my life that it does not bear fruit. Now, you must be aware that any time you take the Word of God into your life, as we see in the parable of the seed and the sower, there are going to be at least three major attacks that Satan gets you. One is he will attack you to hinder you from understanding the Word of God. If you hear the Word and do not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away. The second is, is that you hear the Word of God and many receive it with joy. But in times of temptation and um, persecution and affliction, literally it says that, that this, literally it's the seed that fell along the side of the road. No, in the thorns. In the thorns. I think I'm getting watched. Anyway. But anyway, in other words, where it gets pressured out. And then the last one is the seed that falls among the thorns is literally when the riches, the pleasures, and the worries of this life enter in and choke out the Word. See, the Word of God is so powerful that when we hear it, y'all, it will bear fruit in our lives. But if I don't, if I don't hear it with faith and allow these qualities to be facets of my faith, I can hear stuff and it bears no fruit in my life. 
I, I want to declare this. Ephesians 55, 10, and 11 says, As the rain and snow come out of heaven and do not return there without making the earth bear and sprout, so shall be so shall my word be, which goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me empty without accept, without accomplishing the purpose for which I sent it. God's word is that power. So the question is in us, how much have we heard that is not bearing fruit in our lives? How about this next one? This is the one that excites me as a leader. And even for my life, get this, it's for if these qualities yours are increasing, they read you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of God. Same Greek word, epinosis. The word there, true, is not in there, but it's just literally the full knowledge. Watch this. For he who lacks these qualities is blind and short-sighted, having forgotten his purification of sin. If these are not yours, if these qualities that we see listed here are not in my life and are increasing, y'all, I'll forget where God has brought me from. Y'all, I remember I was the scuzzball on the street that, you know, it, you know just causing trouble. In this, in, in very sundry things. But if I, these are not mine and increasing, I forget where I've come from. I'm not only talking about way back uh, 35 or 40 years ago. I'm talking about even things that God's brought me out of here in this place. I forget where God has said, forgot, forgiven. What? Forgiven? God forgives, cleanses, and forgets. That's what I'm getting. Get this other one here, y'all. Look at verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about His calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, what things? These things refers back to 5, 6, and 7. As as long as you're diligent to practice these things, get this. All right, I don't even ever hear this one. Get this. As long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. Never stumble. You know, I hear that. I hear that as a leader in a church. That the call is if we can structure a church in a way to empower people in relationship to these seven qualities, we guarantee people with the opportunity to never stumble. Ernie, how many interns have we had stumble? A lot, haven't we? What does that tell us? Now, maybe, now, y'all can present it, but they got to grab it. There's that other side there. But there is the challenge in here, y'all. If any of you maybe have, have, uh, uh, have, have fallen in your life, well, the reason why is these things are not present in your life in relationship to the knowledge of who God is. Practice these things. We're diligent in applying these things into our lives. We'll render us neither unfruitful nor useless in relationship to the knowledge of God, we will not forget our former purification, our sins. We will never stumble. Never stumble. Fourth one is, which is really cool, for in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. Abundantly supplied to you. What does that mean? Your entrance into the kingdom of God will be abundantly supplied to you. Remember when Jesus uh, told the parable of the talent and the pound? One parable, he tells of we're servants, where the the ruler comes, and he gives ten servants, ten talents, gives everybody, and they all go out to invest. 
you know, makes come back with different results. And the latter one takes and buries it. And then the one where there's the other parable where in this one everybody has the same thing, and this one they have different. And the one they're five one servant gives five talents. I can't remember if it's talents or pounds. Five, three, and one. The five and the three go out and invest it, but they all receive the same reward. It's literally the, the ones in the latter ones are the ones who were not diligent in relationship to the response and the things that they have received from the Lord. And literally that which was taken from, that which they had received was taken from them. And y'all, here's a call in our lives that, that I, it's really serious to me because I want to say this. I cannot tell you what it's like to stand in my place. Y'all, and I have, I have, I do not purpose in my life, I did not get in this to make a living. I'm not in this for that. I did not go, oh, Hark, this may be a good, place, good way to make a living. I got into this because of the passion in my heart to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and see people's lives change. Not because I want people to hear my voice or think I've got this big gift of teaching or whatever. But I'm going to tell you what, that's why you go there. I've gone there, but I cannot tell you what it's like like I told you earlier, five, four, let's say, how many leaders did I say? Was it four? Four, yeah. Four, to watch, four leaders in a, in a country get decimated because of, to be honest with you, and my conviction, looking where I'm at right now, what we're talking about. The genuineness of their faith, the quality of their faith deviated. That which they began was not the same faith that they hold now. As a result of the faith they hold now, three of the four's families are decimated. The churches and ministries of which they were involved now become laughingstocks of it. But that's, that's pastors. How about people? that are pastors or people too, but I mean, people are not in, quote, full-time ministry. How I many people that I've seen in my life who were walking with the Lord at one point in time and maybe prophesying and doing all kind of crazy stuff, but all of a sudden, things hit and they're no longer there. I can say with all confidence, not out of joy, but their, king, their entrance into the kingdom of God will not be abundantly supplied now, y'all, I share this and is, is an introduction that where I believe that God is calling us to go. In the next about seven to eight weeks, we're gonna, I feel like that God is telling us to take each one of those seven characteristics, those qualities of faith in relationship to who God is. And for us to understand what they are, and then, y'all, crazy thing about this, we got to do, and that's what I'm asking you in this, is that we take each one and that we purpose in diligently applying them into our lives. For seven weeks, and seven times seven is what, 49? It may be seven weeks, which is more than 40 days. And I heard this, that uh, that if, uh, if 
if you practice something for 40 days, it can become a habit. It can become ingrained within it. Boy, wouldn't it be so cool if we took a journey together, y'all, as a body to discover what is what is excellent, knowledge of what's excellent, to discover self-control. I have repented of, of, of eating in that suburbia. You'll have knowledge of that. Endurance. Uh, um, I'm sorry. Moral excellence. Excellence. No, I'm sorry, not excellence. Godliness or reverence. Brotherly love. And also uh, love of agape love, which is more love of God. I will say this, something really cool. This is where these things apply. Like, I'm going to brag on the Regen program. I was, uh, I was you know, building my house. And, uh, and so I dealing with having to deal with the building inspector down in Giles. And I, I'm just trying to look at all those. Every relationship I have is an opportunity to deal Jesus in some way, shape, or form. But anyway, so one day I got, got talking to the, this building inspector. I went in to ask, talk to him about inspecting something or something. And he goes, he goes, uh, are you part of that? Where do you go? To, where do you go to church? Where are you at church? And I said, yeah, part of the dwelling place in Christmas He says, is that Eagle's Nest Place, part of y'all's church? And I go, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, he said, yeah, um, yeah, I'm from Floyd. And a couple of times, uh, one time I was, uh, I'd got a phone call from a friend and that, uh, that he was suicidal and they, he'd locked himself in his room and we think he blew his head off. And I was in my car on the way there, and I had to stop and get some gas at the store, out, I guess, at Fort Pilot. And when I got there to get some gas, all of a sudden there was these crazy guys from that eagle's nest there. And somehow I got run around them, and they somehow just started praying for me. And at a critical point in time in my life, they encouraged me. And another time in my life, I used to be, he gives this, he says, I used to be an alcoholic. Major alcoholism. And I, one day I was wrestling with uh, just a very strong temptation to drink. And I ran across his eagle's nest crew. At that very crazy moment, they encouraged me. And you know what? I didn't drink. Well, you know, to be honest with you, you notice one of that, the sixth one there is brotherly love being diligent in a relationship with brotherly love. And that's what I, the guys at Eagle's Nest had done without even knowing it. And that's not something we've got to get all anal about and go try to squeeze it out. All we've got to do is gain revelation of what God's doing and how to walk in it because it's in us. But it does. My people perish because of lack of knowledge and our heart is to go there and practice these things. Is that cool? This is not one that where I go, okay, let's uh, let's have an invitation. I, this is an invitation to take a journey. Take this passage of scripture. Look at it, Mitch. Unless you got something where you want to speak.
I do want to just encourage this. I think sometimes when you're taking a journey, and especially like, you know, I think about, you know, if I want to get back in shape, you know, because I think that what he was speaking about, um, Barbie is so true. The reality is, is that that's, that's a great way to live. But the problem is if I haven't been living that way for 26 years and I'm just going to start today, I think sometimes we get this, man, I've got to have it all, like, i got to do, have it all at once. Like, I've got to, you know, make sure I've got to get all this right and get it all at once. So sometimes we oh, will over, try to figure out, try to over-figure that out in the spiritual realm. But the Lord's saying, take a journey. Like, how do you, how do I get back in shape physically? Do I go in and max out everything that I'm trying to do? Guess how long you will last if you do that? <laughs> One day, you won't do it. Cause I, and that's me. When I want to get back in shape, I'll just go try to go where I was and get back in shape. And then all of a sudden, the next day, I'm feeling so terrible. But the reality in a spiritual realm, like, there's a place that you've got to, the beginning, the beginning of that journey is that first step of just being asking the Lord, these things, God, all right, begin to help empower me to apply these things in the little so that, God, I will get to that place where I can handle the much. And there's a place that all this is ours, true, but if we haven't been exercising it, then we might get overwhelmed if all of a sudden we start. So I, I just encourage you in that place, begin begin that journey. The, the first step in relationship to getting healthy physically is to begin uh, to, to work ourselves back in that place. And so I felt like the Lord was just saying something in that because um, I think so many times we, we jump back full force and we you know almost overextend ourselves to a place where you know we can't handle that which you know we're trying to get and so there's a place that god wants to begin to very slowly and methodically just really empower our faith to be sure and steadfast like i said if, if i can get to that place where uh that if i don't like these qualities that um uh, where it says that they render me neither useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of god that i'll never stumble golly like that's i mean i don't know if y'all want to <laughs> that's what i want to sign up for but it's the same thing i mean it's like well i'm also kind of signing up to for the long haul right i'm not signing up to just get um in shape for a week i'm not signing up for getting in shape for a month like i'm getting in shape for life and so i think that's what the lord's saying like that is that place and and some and the 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 struggle against that is that uh, I can't even say that word. Le, that, that Jude, somebody say it for me. The, the, the sensuousness, yeah, that we live under the pressures of this society and of this spiritual realm, and this that this society has is live for your pleasure, like live for you, like live your faith out for you. And the Lord's saying, I've really got it apply diligence against like that thought and that theology of my own existence and it's a place that god wants to begin to work because i think some of us might have thought about you know gosh i look at all those you know excellence knowledge self-control perseverance all right i'm already giving up you know also godliness you know brotherly kindness agape love man i'm, I'm like I'm done already because, I, no, don't, like, don't get overwhelmed with that. Begin to know that this is ultimately what you're called for. It's, it, it is exactly who you are. Like, these things, this is who we are. 
Now the problem is maybe we have we we've, we've been so not being able to live that out in our own flesh that we're getting discouraged. But God's saying, no, this is who you are, and don't like don't try to like you know. I, I want you to jump in, but I don't. I don't want you to get to the place where it's like, oh my gosh, it's overwhelming. I can't do it, and just for, just quit. Because God's really calling us to that. So can we just? That's where I want to pray. Every. I just want to make sure that I emphasize something. Uh, y'all, those seven qualities—they come out of the foundations. And what is the main foundation? Him. It's easy to be diligent in relationship to, to loving Paula. Because I what? I love her. And so that—that's you know—that's where this all flows out of the depth of the relationship. It's not just something. I really appreciate Mitch saying that comes out of that when i if y'all i can easily be diligent about um uh, you know uh, uh if somebody gives me a million dollars i can be really diligent about cashing that million dollar check you know i'll be persistent and that's that's what y'all we've got a million dollar check no and i'll take that back we've got millions of dollars of checks here. So it's easy to be diligent when we catch the real sight of what it's all about. Relationship and riches which are beyond understanding and fullness. So let's just stand. I just want to pray that into us. That not only that would like Rick's saying, that we see what we have, but then we'll begin to allow God to apply that, uh, empower us to apply that diligence. So Lord, we just... I just thank you for this word, because Lord, it, Lord, if that that promise—it's not a if—that promise is true. That if these are increasing, and they are ours, Lord, that it will re- render us neither useless. Uh, it will render us not uh, neither useless or unfruitful. God, I know all of us at the depths of our heart, God, we want to be uh, implored into your kingdom. To be, uh, we don't like to use the word "use," but there's a place that God, yeah, there's a place that I am. Uh, I walk in a place that I'm walking with people and seeing people set free. There's a a place in that, and Lord, there's, there's Lord, I know at the depth of our heart, God, we want to be fruitful. God, that we want to look at the end of our life and it says, yeah, fruitfulness. That will look different for for each one of us. But God, also, it says there's a promise that God that uh, I will never. I, I can be in a place where I never stumble. And I know all of us want to be in those three places, God. Usefulness, fruitfulness, and and never stumbling, God. So, Lord, I just, I I pray, God, that we would uh, begin, as we begin this journey, God, as we continue this journey, God, as you've already started it, but, God, as we continue this journey of even just diving into these aspects of your kingdom, God, aspects of faith, uh, of of the application of faith into our lives. I just pray right now in Jesus' name, God, that we would not have that mentality of, whoa, whoa, that's just too much. Like, I don't I don't know how I could ever get there, God, that there's a place that, God, we step. God, I just, I just encourage you in your heart that you just take that step and say yes to that. And yes to that, God. I know that, Lord, I know what I'm signing up for, Lord. It's not a, it's not a week thing. It's not a month thing. It's not uh, a year thing. It is a life. God, we, it is what I give my life to. And Lord, that, that can be scary for, for all of us. That can be a scary place. But God, I, I know that, God, that I, ultimately, the, the goal of being in those three places of bearing fruit, 
of being useful, usefulness in your kingdom of, of life and, and not stumbling, God. That's where we want to be, Lord God. And so, Lord, I just pray. I just, can you, I just want you to put, put your hand on your heart and just say, Lord, I just, I just declare, God, this is, what, this is what we want, God. This is the way we want to begin this journey. We want to walk in this place, God. So, Lord, empower our, our, our life and our heart, God. We just come against the schemes of the enemy that would try to drive us back to that uh, licentiousness, Lord God, of life. Uh, that, Lord, just to, tries to get us into that place of just wanting to live life for us, God. Wanting to live life to appease and, and, and live this life in this flesh, to live for fleshly things, God. I, Lord, it, you've called us spiritual beings, God. Lord, and if somebody doesn't know you, God, in the Spirit today, God, if somebody doesn't know you as Lord and Savior and, and doesn't even, isn't even on that, the realm that they can get to that place of being fruitful, being useful, and being uh, never stumbling, God, I just pray today would be a day of salvation. If you need that today, I just encourage you, come find me this morning, uh, and we'll pray for you uh, in that place, and then you can receive Jesus as Lord and, and of your life and start that process. But, Lord, for, for the majority of us, God, I just know that, God, you're calling us to that place of living this life in that place of faith, walking from where we cannot see, living from where we cannot hear, but in the, in the physical, but living that where we can see in the Spirit. God, seeing and, and, and walking and, and hearing in the Spirit. So, Lord, I thank you for that. So, Lord, we're just going to bless you this morning. We thank you for this word. And we just ask that, God, you would empower us to begin and continue to walk on this journey, God, of applying these, these seven aspects to our faith, God, and seeing that we will never stumble, God, that we will be fruitful and useful in the kingdom of God. So, Lord, we bless you and we honor you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, I'm going to encourage you. We're going to close. And if you need prayer, if... If that was you and you don't know the Lord Jesus, come find me. We'll pray for you. Or if you need anything, if you need a relationship to healing physically, come and find Brandon's over here. He'll pray for you. Love you guys. Have a great week.